Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. God is so very good to give us faithful ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am a minister, but let me testify as a Christian for a moment, as a church member. I'm so grateful for faithful pastors that I've been under, people that have loved the Lord, loved me, and taught me the truth. And I want to reiterate, as we are studying through the pastoral epistles right now, that you ought to praise the Lord for your minister. Second Timothy is the book we've come to today. And in many respects, it addresses so many aspects of the minister's life. Chapter 1 talks about the minister's confidence in God. Chapter 2 talks about the minister's conduct. Chapter 3 talks about the minister's continuing. And chapter 4 talks about the minister's crown. So, yes, you can study 2 Timothy from the minister's perspective. But I would remind you that 2 Timothy, though it was written to a minister, was not just for ministers, it was for all of God's people. As a matter of fact, the key verse of the book is found in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. Actually, verse 16 and 17. Let me just read it. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, that's not just for the minister. It's for all those he ministers to. I need the Word of God. You need the Word of God. It's the only all-sufficient thing we have outside the person of Christ Himself. It's profitable. We need doctrine. We need to be reproved. We need to be corrected. We need to be instructed in righteousness. We need to be perfected and matured. How does it happen? It happens through the Word of God. Now, 2 Timothy is Paul's last letter. They say that a man's last words are most significant. Well, that's especially true for someone writing under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And not only is it Paul's last letter, but it gives us some insight into the last days. So it's not just set 2,000 years ago. This is the setting that we find ourselves living in, an age of apostasy, of people who've departed from the truth. Someone said about this letter that it is a letter of mingled gloom and glory. And they're right. For example, there's a note of sadness throughout it. He says in chapter 2, verse 9, I suffer trouble. He says in chapter 4, verse 6, the time of my departure is at hand. In chapter 4, he says things like, Demas hath forsaken me. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. No man stood with me. Somebody said, wow, that's depressing. Oh, no. No, because with the note of sadness and trouble, there's a resounding note of victory. In chapter 1, verse 7, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Or how about this one? Chapter 1, verse 12, I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Or how about chapter 2, the word of God is not bound. How about this? Chapter 2, verse 13, he abideth faithful. Or chapter 4, verse 8, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Or chapter 4, verse 17, The Lord stood with me and strengthened me. You see, 
There's always going to be trouble in this life. But for the believer, there's not only trouble, there's also triumph. And our triumph is both present tense and future. We have victory now and hereafter. And so whatever you're dealing with today, whoever you're facing today, whatever the spiritual temperature is, know this, God and God's Word are more than enough. As a matter of fact, the theme of the book, I would say, is this. It's an antidote for apostasy. The word apostasy means to turn from revealed truth. That sounds a lot like our world, doesn't it? People don't want the truth anymore. They, they shut their ears to it. They shake their head at it. They scream against it. They don't want the truth. And so they've turned from God's truth. Well, is there any answer to that? You know, there's always been apostasy. In 1 Timothy, when Paul wrote his first letter, he used a word frequently. It was the word some. He said, some having swerved. He said, some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. Some are already turned aside after Satan. Some professing have erred concerning the faith. That was the first letter. But when you get to the second letter, 2 Timothy, he says a different word. He uses the word all. All they that be in Asia be turned away from me. All men forsook me. In other words, he seemed now to see the apostasy not in some places but in all places. It seemed to be like a cancer that was spreading. Doesn't that sound like our world today? Yes. Well, if it is, what's the answer? Read 2 Timothy, my friend. Do you know what the great emphasis of 2 Timothy is all about? It's about the Word of God. It's about the Scriptures. See, the only thing that deals with the lies is truth. The only thing that pierces darkness is light. And the only antidote for apostasy is the truth of the Word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 says, Study, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The best defense is a good offense. What can we do in our world filled with darkness and error? Friend, we can hold the Word of God high. We can sound it out. We can preach it and teach it and share it. We can give people the only eternal truth. And that's the truth found in the Word of God. In my travels, one of the verses that I hear people quoting all the time, people say, well, you know what the Bible says? It says, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And I say, yes, it does say that. But could I remind you that when it says that, it does not say that the power of the gospel will wax less and less. You see, my friend, the Word of God is as powerful as it has ever been. It still is a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. It's still a light to our path. It's still water that washes the mind and heart. I'm telling you, this is the day to know what you believe and why you believe what you believe. And that's why at the very end of Paul's life, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, he writes to Timothy and he says, I need you to bring some things. I need you to bring my coat, my cloak. It's cold. Winter's come on. I left it in Troas. He said, I want you to bring the books so I can read. That's always challenged me. Here's a man nearing the end but still hungry to grow and to learn. That's a mark of a great student. But then he said this, especially, if you forget everything else when you're packing, please don't forget this, especially, bring the parchments. Now, what's the difference between the parchments and the books? Well, the books were the writings of men, but on the parchments were the writings of God. He was referring here to the inspired scriptures. And here is a man at the end of his life in an evil age that said the most important thing to me is that you bring me the Word of God. Oh, dear friend, if Paul, 
who was writing Scripture needed God's Word, I promise you, we need God's Word. We, look, you can't give out what you've never taken in. You can't share with others in a dark world what you've not meditated on and studied for yourself. And so I want to challenge you to fall in love with your Bible all over again, to get into the Scripture fresh and new, and let the Scriptures get in you. In the words of Paul, especially the parchments, above all else, he needed something for his body, that's his coat. He needed something for his soul, that's the books. But he needed something for his spirit, that was the parchments. And while we're feeding our bodies and clothing our bodies, while we're feeding our minds and hearts with education and training and new ideas and technology, do not neglect your spirit, your inner man. You need the Word of God more than you need anything else on earth. It may be like the Apostle Paul that you'll come to the end and you'll die and you'll leave this world. Or it may be like Paul wrote about in this book that Christ will appear. The Lord Jesus Christ will show up and rapture us out of here. But either way, the one tool, the one resource you have into the day you see Jesus is you have His Word. If you stood before the Lord today and He said, Have you read my book? What would you say? George Whitfield said, God condescended to become an author, but most men will never even read the book he wrote. I want to challenge you from the last book Paul wrote under inspiration of the Holy Spirit to fall in love with the Word of God all over again today. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible? the facts, the people, the places. But instead, the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.